0: Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly.
1: How goes it, everyone? Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report is here. Thanks for joining us. Sean Kelly from our New Orleans Arena studios today, over here this morning uh, to get ready for tonight's Pelicans game versus the Phoenix Suns. So we hope that uh, Studio B is sitting quietly and getting a day off today. Producer Dan's on the other side of the glass, and we're going to talk a little college football today. We're going to talk, of course, Pelicans and Suns tonight. The uh, Saints are quiet today. Uh, had a busy day yesterday. Hope you enjoyed Black and Blue Report yesterday. I thought JD was great uh, in helping us break down the Jets game, and uh, of course, getting uh, getting you a good chunk of Sean Payton's press conference. Press conference, excuse me, from yesterday was uh, pretty important to us. As well. So the NFL weekend is wrapped up. Uh, another quarterback injury last night. Aaron Rodgers goes down. Looks like uh, our friend from up the road at LSU, Matt Flynn, may get another chance. Uh, stay tuned for that as the Packers now have some decisions to make. So we'll see how that plays out. And then, you know, I was, asked, uh, I was asked this morning whether or not I would comment on what's going on with the Miami Dolphins. And I thought long and hard about this before I came in today. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to pass at this time. Um number one, I don't like to comment a whole lot on other teams business since I do work for Mr. Benson and the Saints, but at the same time this one this one's gotta play out for me a lot more. I think there's a lot of different dynamics and I think there are gonna be some passionate views on both sides. I think I have some some of my own opinions about all that's going on in Miami, but all in all at the moment it's it's not a good situation. It's sad to hear about in our game right now. But I don't quite know where I stand until I hear more. And I think that maybe that might be safe for a lot of us uh, in commenting on this situation. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm going to let it go for now. And I may not comment on it at all. But um, again, I had several people approach me this morning and and say, hey, are you going to talk about that during Black and Blue Report? I'm not sure. Uh, And if I do, I think I'm going to bring in folks that have lived in the NFL culture that are maybe... um, more experienced than I am as far as being around sports, even though I've done this for a long time. So if we do anything on it this week, um, I promise you it's going to be with somebody who has uh, knowledge of the situation and or knowledge about um, the history of locker room behavior in the NFL and what's right and what's wrong and what's, um, what could be changed, what needs to be changed, uh, or what needs to stay the same, or that's okay. So that's where I am on this whole thing. Nonetheless, back to the uh, the matter at hand, the t- 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 <laughs> porky pig uh, talking here. Uh, tonight, the uh, Pelicans are back at it, looking for their second win in a row and looking to knock down a pretty good uh, homestand after a win over Charlotte over the weekend. They'll welcome the 2-1, and one. yes, the 2-1 and one Phoenix Suns tonight. Should be a good matchup. Uh, two teams are going to get up and down a little bit, I have a feeling, um, and we're going to check in with Anthony Davis, talk about the start to his season and what he sees in the Suns for tonight and because the saints are quiet today we've got some college football on tap this weekend we're going to check in on lsu and tulane here on today's black and blue report don't forget you can follow on twitter at sean kelly live also at black blue report and you can email us uh radio at pelicans.com before we get out of here today i will bring up the fact that we're looking for your questions for our mailbag on the monty williams show we'll do that before we end today's program. With that, let's get to our guest list today. We'll start talking Pelicans basketball with number 23, Anthony Davis, in one minute. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and pick
0: the games you want to watch at the newly renovated New Orleans Arena. With our five-game flex plan presented by Manning's, we have a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $45 and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. And with the purchase of every plan, you'll receive a free $25 Manning's gift card while supplies last. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today.
2: Are you ready for health reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com reform and get ready.
3: Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service
0: and Indemnity Company. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report on this Tuesday. The Pelicans getting ready for the Suns tonight. Anthony Davis sits down with us here. All right, I got one for you. Did you know in your first three games this season, you've moved during a game a total of 7.7 miles?
4: No, no. (laughs) Does
1: that number surprise you?
4: No, no, I just like to play hard. So, I mean, when you play hard and just run the floor you know, and, and good shape, you know, you just move, you know, so it doesn't surprise me at all, you know, especially with the minutes I'm playing, especially Ryan's out right now, so that doesn't surprise me.
1: It's amazing to me, you know, they've got these cameras now on the catwalks, mm-hmm. have you heard about this yet? No. Okay, so they have this new stat tracking system, they can track each of you guys through games, one of them is distance traveled, mm-hmm. speed travel. here's another one that they measured of you through the first three games an opponent that you're defending within five feet of the rim, they're only shooting 26%. They can even figure out what that guy's doing at a particular spot on the floor with you
4: within five feet of him. We're going to learn a lot about you. Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great stat, you know. I take pride in defense, you know, especially around the basket. not like anybody, you know, scoring um, when I'm in the lane, you know. So uh, that's a good uh, stat for me. And for the team as well, you know. I mean, we get to get out and transition and get out, uh, fast break points.
1: That first quarter against Charlotte the other night, that's, that's about as good as I've seen in a long time by any given basketball team. I know it's hard to duplicate quarters like that, but if that's the standard, how close can you come to that?
4: Yeah, I mean, um, we just take it a quarter at a time. You know, each quarter we come out uh, with a different mindset. You know, it's 0-0 each quarter. You know, and so we got to come out with that mindset tonight, you know, in that first quarter and go out there and compete and defend and play hard.
1: Stats aside, you know, uh miles run aside, all that, are, are you pleased with the way
4: your first three games have gone? Uh no, I mean we're one and two right now and, um of course we wanna be three and no, but it's still early. You know, we we still figuring each other out and um we're gonna we're gonna be fine, you know. Guys starting to play hard, you know, learn the system more and learn what coach wants them to do. You know, so um I think we're gonna be fine and just myself, you know, um just trying to play hard and work hard, you know, put in show all the work that I've been putting in, in the summer. Uh, with, with the coaches and uh, strength coaches. So um, just trying to get better each and every game, each and every practice.
1: I get interviewed around the country and around the league, and everybody asks me, you know, what's different about Anthony Davis one year in? How about you answer it for
4: me? Help, help me come up with a better answer than maybe I'm already given. What's different you know, a year later? More confidence, you know, uh, more confidence in my game. It's really, you know, coaches telling me to go out there and explore. Uh, Drew and Eric and Tyreek and Austin and Brian are you know, giving me the ball where, um, I'm, I'm efficient t- uh, to score, so um, you know they're, they're doing a great job, and you know I'm just taking my time on all shots and shots that I know I can make. You know, not rushing anymore. Game has slowed down a lot for me. I'm starting to see things differently, so uh, it's, it's amazing how uh, a year can help you out.
1: The Team USA camp back in the summer it was the first time that I saw you shoot and be willing to shoot that mid-range jumper with some efficiency and some confidence. Was that almost like a coming out of a, hey, here's what I've been working on?
4: Um, I mean, they was leaving me open, you know? So, I mean, I was gonna shoot it because I know I've been working on it and I have confidence in my, in my game and in my shots. So, uh, but that was one of, you know, uh, one of the first times I kind of displayed that, that mid-range jumper.
1: Anthony, one of the big stories last year was the fact that you played as a guard in high school before you really started growing. And they thought, oh, he still has guard skills and that's what makes him even more special how many honestly now how many of those guard skills from high school still
4: remain with you uh i mean it kind of still do uh but i mean i really don't have to use it here you know um just like i didn't have to use it at all in kentucky you know we have guys who can who can do certain things you know that i don't have to do anymore you know um but i still try to keep them uh, intact, just in case you know I have to, you know, use it. You know, you never know. You know, so I still try to, you know, work on um, guard-like drills. You know, even when I'm working out. All right, before I let you go, give me one quick thought about Phoenix here. What's top of mind for
1: this game tonight?
4: Uh, defense. You know, they like to get out in transition and uh, you know attack the basket. So we got to make sure that we lock down defensively and uh, stop them from getting in our thing. Thanks a lot. Good luck tonight. Thanks, y'all. Uh,
1: Anthony Davis with us here on the Black and Blue Report.
2: Back in a minute. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Ochsner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is, I just saw your test results and they look great, no problems. Leading edge care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1 866 auctioner. That's O C H S N E R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind.
1: Thought we'd uh, talk some college football on this Tuesday, talking, uh, of course, about the Tulane Green Wave and the LSU Tigers. Both have a uh, contest this weekend, and uh, both are. Still uh, well in the hunt for a couple of different things. Let's start with LSU, and with that, we'll bring in uh, Les East, our friend from the uh, Baton Rouge Advocate. He's a reporter and columnist, long time with that outfit. Les, uh, first of all, happy Tuesday to you. I hope this uh, interview finds you well.
5: Thanks, Sean. Yeah, everything's going good. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Um, I look at uh, this weekend's game, and, and somebody brought up the line, and I don't usually follow this a whole lot, but uh, the last check was what, ten and a half Alabama favored at home over LSU. Uh, in in your eyes, as as you've been able to gauge what's been going on with the Tigers, is that about right?
5: Well, yeah, and I, I think it's even higher in some places. I saw somewhere it might even be up to thirteen and a half. So So uh, obviously the odds makers are expecting uh, people to think Alabama's going to have a fairly easy top. Uh, I, I don't know if uh, I agree with the line being quite that big. Uh, certainly, Alabama is capable of beating uh, LSU by double digits, but I, I'm not so sure that's going to happen in this game. Uh, I think uh, you know LSU. I think will play very loose. It doesn't have the pressure on it that Alabama has on it. Basically, Alabama's uh, you know quest for Record third straight BCS title rides on this game, and the LSU's just trying to, um, you know, regain some respectability in a season that hasn't gone quite the way they had hoped. So I think the Tigers will be a lot looser. I think the Tigers had the talent to play with them. Uh, so I think that number might be a little bit high, but I can understand, uh, the odds like it's doing that because they're they're trying to entice people, uh, to bet LSU as well as Alabama.
1: Yeah, I, I see that too. And unless again, I'm not a gambler, so I don't follow the lines so much, but I guess what surprised me about the number was that here is a rivalry, uh, between these two teams that, that has been very tight over the last uh, several years, um. But all of a sudden now, there's this there's this what I would conceive as a, or consider rather a large gap, and, and and how quickly that gap happened is what probably intrigues me the most about this game.
5: Yeah, and I think man, a lot of people, locally and nationally. Uh, or, or just can't get that DCS championship game out of their heads. You know Alabama was much better prepared than LSU in that game, one twenty-one to nothing. Although the game was still competitive uh, until the fourth quarter, but nonetheless Alabama won fairly decisively. But LSU had beaten them in Tuscaloosa earlier in the season. LSU uh, had them beat with two minutes to go last year and gave up a quick drive. LSU had a lot of success in Tuscaloosa under Les Miles. I just think the the, uh, ineptitude that LSU had in that BCS title game, I think, is overshadowing in some people's minds just how competitive this uh, series has been. And as recently as the game last year in Tiger Stadium, LSU, again, you know, was leading until a little under two minutes left. and And I think probably this LSU team looks a little more dangerous going in than the one last year did.
1: Maybe so, and to LSU's credit, less um, they haven't been uh, the underdog, the clear underdog, you know, many, many times over the last several years, or, or, or even I wouldn't say a decade, but you know what I'm getting at. Does that does that help them at this point? do You think, in light of their situation?
5: I think it could. I, you know, I can't remember the last time LSU was a double-digit underdog. Uh, you know, maybe uh, you know against one of those really good Florida teams, uh, not too far back, but. You probably have to go back more than a decade to find it. Um, But I think that that plays into the whole narrative for LSU, which is that uh, they're not getting respected. Everybody thinks Alabama's much, much better than them. Uh, It's us against the world, I think, is the mentality they're taking. And uh, the point spread is just one thing that feeds into that narrative, which I think is going to give LSU reason to be, Uh, even more motivated than they would already be. And like I said before, I I think they're going to play loose. I think there's a lot of pressure on Alabama. Certainly, Alabama's proven time and again, it can handle uh, all kinds of pressure. But nonetheless, I think the circumstances make it a little bit easier for LSU to relax.
1: Les, East to the Baton Rouge advocate with us here on the Black and Blue Report. All right, Les, go into the game nice and deep for me here. Either, Either pick a position group battle or an aspect about the game that that, in your eyes, helps us determine the outcome on Saturday?
5: Well, I think maybe the biggest matchup is going to be the LSU wide receivers against the Alabama secondary. If LSU is going to have uh, some consistency on offense, which it has to have to win, it's going to have to uh, use the passing game to open up some running room for Jeremy Hill. I don't think they can just come out – and run Jeremy Hill right at Alabama and have a lot of success. they are going to have to loosen them up with some passing. You know Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham are two of the most important players on the LSU team. Zach Mettenberg has had an awful lot of success with them this year. The Alabama cornerbacks had just an awful time trying to defend Texas A&M's passing game. So They've done much better since then. Uh, they recently lost one of their safeties, uh, Vinny Sinceri, to a season-ending injury. So I think one of the very few areas where Alabama is potentially somewhat vulnerable is in the secondary and the wide receivers. LSU has maybe the best tandem in the country. So. Uh, if LSU is able to uh, have some consistency, hit a couple of big plays in the passing game, I think it gives it a chance to run the ball, keep it away from A.J. McCarron, and gives the Tigers a chance. On the other hand, if Alabama can can limit the big plays and and hold their own against that LSU passing game, uh, I think Alabama will be in very good shape.
1: Last good stuff as always. I appreciate your expertise and, of course, the time that you uh, shared with us today. Enjoy the weekend of college football. I hope you will. Thanks, Sean. You got it. Les East of the Baton Rouge Advocate will talk a little two lane uh, football. Ty Graffinini with us on the Black and Blue Report in one minute.
0: Hey there. What do you having? Um, what kind of
2: specials do you have today?
0: Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini.
2: Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming
1: facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Our college football Tuesday continues here on the Black and Blue Report. We invite in once again Todd Graffinini, the voice of the two lane free wave. Todd, I want to get it out of the way because it's frankly not much fun to talk about, but the, the Greenies uh, fall to 6-3 and three this last weekend in a game that I, I, I thought, and again, I don't know a whole lot, I thought they'd win over there at Florida Atlantic. Let's let's put it to bed. What do we take away from this past weekend before we start looking ahead here?
3: Well, I know it's cliche, Sean, and again, thanks for having me. Um, you got to play 60 minutes, and Tulane pretty much played 30 minutes, and for the first 30 minutes of that football game, uh, it was going according to plan. Uh, they had done everything correctly defensively, uh, even got another defensive touchdown from Lorenzo Doss, It turned over Port Atlantic twice, uh, did enough offensively, got, got a touchdown uh, with one minute to go in the half, and uh, you're up 17-7 against a team that was really down, who had an interim head coach, and uh, then halftime happened, and in the second half it was a completely different football game but it starts with the turnovers offensively. Uh, You know, we've been saying all year long, uh, Tulane's just not good enough to overcome mistakes. And if you look at the two losses prior, uh, South Alabama and, of course, Syracuse, uh, those games were littered with Tulane mistakes. And four interceptions in four series uh, would be hard for Alabama or Florida State to overcome, uh, much less Tulane. And uh, by the time the dust settled, it it was – it was a runaway for for Florida Atlantic, and it was just, just a shame because the defense played well enough to win, and uh, just we could not overcome the mistakes offensively.
1: Todd, help me out with a mindset here, as annoying as I truly do find it, but understand where I'm coming from. After a weekend like the one you all just had, you always get that well same old two lane thing, and and. Uh, i i guess i I guess I'm at the point where I think that okay, nothing happens overnight or it rarely does, and when I hear that it just it makes me want to just break something, but yet it's it's out there and and what do you what are we supposed to do with it I guess
3: no you know and it's a it's a valid point and showing the first two losses this year against South Alabama, I heard it same old two lane after this Syracuse game where uh special teams gave Syracuse four short deals. It was same old Tulane. Well, guess what? Uh, after both of those games, Tulane came back in a big way. As a matter of fact, after the Syracuse game, uh, the next loss was the one we had back on Saturday. So I think that they have shown a pension to kind of put it behind them and, and and come back even better the next week. Now, this is going to be in another interesting challenge coming up against UTSA uh, because now well, with the loss against Ford Atlantic, it did a couple of things it uh it brought kind of everybody back into the uh, conference western division championship race uh, though it did uh, did in a sense keep tulane controlling their own destiny but now you have another you have other teams that are looking into what they're doing and that includes san antonio who's now just one game back with the tulane loss so it's uh It brought everybody back to the pack, I guess I'm trying to say in a a simple way.
1: The bottom line, though, Todd, isn't it fun to be talking about Tulane controlling their own (laughs) destiny and talking about a division title uh, in November?
3: There's no question about it. And, you know, we're going through the run in October. And let's see, you know what? Bowl thing is one thing. You can become bowl eligible, but my goodness gracious, uh, they put themselves in a position where they could make a major run at this thing. And I guess that's one of the things that was kind of disappointing about the other day was because Rice had lost on Thursday and we're the only win with, uh, the only undefeated team left in the league. And then that went by the wayside, but all of the goals are still attainable, Sean. It, it, it's not like the loss against Fort Atlantic crushed the season. It, it did nothing of the sort, but now, there's no more margin for error, and it starts again on uh, Saturday in San Antonio.
1: What does Tulane head coach Curtis Johnson want to do with his two quarterbacks this week?
3: Well, you know, I actually, uh, I just left practice, and I'm almost positive, and we're going to hear from coach in just a little bit when he addresses the media. But, uh, again, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but just watching practice, it looks like they're just going to go with one. And uh, Nick Montana took the majority of the snaps, and I would expect him to, uh, uh, to be back where he was before he was injured against North Texas, and that's just playing the entire game. And again, Devin Powell did a good job, uh, but Devin Powell was the backup quarterback for a reason. Nick Montana was the starter coming out of camp, and he led Tulane to the record that they did uh, before he got hurt, so... Uh, barring something unforeseen in the next couple of days, I would expect Montana to go the route against the Roadrunners.
1: Todd Graffinini with us here on the uh, Black and Blue Report. Todd, if I may use one of our favorite words, I bet if I went out and polled uh, college football fans in our market here, I would say that 9 out of 10 don't know diddly about the Roadrunners of University of Texas-San Antonio. Enlighten us, will you?
3: Uh, well, just doing a little prep, uh, I can tell you this much. They're playing good football, which... Unfortunately, uh, you know, so was Fort Atlantic. Uh, the, Fort Atlantic's record was not indicative of how talented they were. Uh, UTSA is 4-5 and five overall, but they're playing their best football of the year. They've won two games in a row. Uh, something you may or may not know, Sean, they are, their head coach is the former Miami head coach Larry Coker, who actually had Curtis Johnson on his staff at BU. So uh, a very interesting little sidebar to this football game. Uh, but, uh, again, they're, they're a big school. Uh, they play in the Alamo Dome. Uh, they're very physical. And it's going to be, uh, and, and actually they're second in the league in attendance. Uh, they get about 30000 a game at the Alamo Dome. So it should be a pretty good atmosphere uh, this weekend. But uh, hopefully that's enough to kind of tide everybody over in the roadrunner uh, road runner, uh as far as information goes,
1: no, it's plenty. And the and the, and the good storyline there is the Coker Johnson connection. I love it. All right, on uh, on Twitter, where do they find you?
3: At NT Graph two Fs N T Graph, and uh, hopefully uh, we got something good to tweet about this week because uh, it was uh, it was a tough one down in uh, South Florida. It was a, you know it was a great trip. Uh, hung out on the water uh, Friday. Went to a nice restaurant Friday night, and uh, saw two million dollar yachts and. And uh, private jets in the airport and everything And then uh, the second half of the game happened And kind of ruined the whole thing But uh, good to be back home And we'll be uh, back out on the road again on Friday
1: Excellent, kickoff is what time?
3: Kickoff is at 1 o'clock And uh, our pregame show will start at noon
1: And that's on uh, WMTI, correct?
3: Yes, correct. Right. 106-1 the
1: ticket. We'll be listening. Graph. good luck this weekend to the Greenies. Thanks for the visit. I appreciate it.
3: Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it, man.
1: All right. Todd Graff, and evening with us from the uh, Tulane Wave. Back to wrap up today's Black and Blue Report right after this. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building,
5: parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money.
0: This is Todd Graves, founder of Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure you're well-fed, too tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of canes. All day, no quit. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report.
1: The Saints are back on the practice field tomorrow and uh, will really, really crank up their, uh, their preparation for the Dallas Cowboys. Tomorrow we'll have coverage, obviously, on the Black and Blue Report and on New Saints.com. The Pelicans will travel to Memphis tonight after the game with the Suns and we will bring you the Black and Blue Report, at least portions of it, from Memphis tomorrow as they meet a division opponent for the first time this season. Uh, speaking of the pelicans i don't think it's too early let me let me get you started on this now so that you can uh give it some good thought thursday night is the monty williams show on wwl-fm and uh, through the first couple of weeks here we've we've done some mailbag segments and they've gone very well i think my favorite part is that we've had different folks come in to answer your questions or comments regarding the pelicans so let's do it again this week i'm not sure who i'll have to answer the mailbag but let's get the questions cranked up you can uh Send your questions via Twitter at Sean Kelly Live or via the email that's radio at Pelicans.com. So, as the Pelicans play this week, you think of a question for uh, Coach or the Pelicans in general that maybe one of us can handle, we'll take it. And we'll have another great mailbag segment on Thursday night. With that, I think we're going to shut her down for the day and get ready for basketball tonight. Tomorrow on the program, Doug Tatum to talk about the new Pelicans app. A whole lot more, including David Wesley. Tomorrow's Wesley Day, and he'll join me in Memphis to help us wrap up tonight's Suns game and preview tomorrow night's Grizzlies game. For Producer Dan, I'm Sean Kelly. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Hope to see you at the game tonight at New Orleans Arena. Until then, so long for just a while.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.